Welcome to the EV Diaries. This is the place where we explore the viabilities of electric vehicles in small town America. I'm Ben. I am an EV enthusiast. I am not an EV owner yet, but I do believe that there's an incredible opportunity for people who live on rural electric cooperatives and live in small towns across the U.S. As you may imagine, I read a lot of EV articles on a daily basis. I'm always looking for podcast material and looking for the next great idea, the next great car that's coming out. And I'm looking for information that I think would be useful to us EV people. Now, I found some interesting articles in the past few days, and I will link um, all the articles in the show description. But the first article is on proposed legislation from Debbie Dingell, the distinguished congresswoman from Michigan. Now, there's a summary on her website, as well as a link to the actual bill, and an article that sort of alerted me to it was on carbuzz.com. The second article is a Deloitte study on global automotive consumers, And I found it at driving.ca, and it covers all types of vehicles. Canada and America are lumped in together, and I will probably, when we get to that point, uh, just refer to it as America. Climate change has become a political football, which maybe it always was. Um, Growing up in the 70s, scientists warned that there was a coming ice age. And then 80s, the big thing was ozone depletion. And we got rid of our hairspray cans. In the 90s, we started hearing about global warming and El Nino. And in the past two decades, that has transitioned into climate change. Now, one thing I've seen is on one side, you've got a real negative, some fear-mongering. And they've got science to back it up. But on the other side is complete denial, head in the sand, And they've got data to back it up. So, for me, the truth is somewhere in between. But it is a grave concern nonetheless because we should take care of our home. And planet Earth is our home regardless of where we live. And you'll find out that I'm not a political person, but you can't really talk about climate change and it not be political. Climate change is not going away. And the best efforts in any part of the world are being offset by no efforts in other parts of the world. In America, EV adoption is slow, except for, you know, hot spots like California and Colorado has a fair amount of EVs um, up in the Northeast. But anyway, EV adoption in America has been overall slow. Keep in mind that there are 272 million vehicles in the U.S. That's more than China. They only have 250 million. And at 272 million, that's almost as much as all the European Union countries combined. Now, that doesn't seem 
so bad until you realize that the population in China is 1.3 billion people. And then the U.S., it's only 330 million. The European Union has 512 million people. So we have, per capita, a lot of cars. The U.S. has a lot of room to improve on the EV front, especially in small-town America. So getting back to Congresswoman Dingell and her proposal, which is called the USA Electrify Forward Act. Apparently, she feels that the $7,500 tax credit is not working to create EV adoption. Of course, the concerns preventing adoption are, as we've discussed time and time again, the cost of the vehicle, the range of the vehicle, and the lack of infrastructure. I've done my best on this podcast to debunk these myths or at least alleviate these concerns. A press release on Miss Dingle's website cites a 2019 AAA survey saying that most Americans are interested in EVs, but their fears are affordability, range, and charging. Only 16% of the survey respondents in this survey said that they would consider an EV, and they were concerned about the maintenance cost. And I guess that comes from the horror stories of how much it costs to replace the batteries. The act is designed to accelerate domestic battery manufacturing. And, you know, this is already being done by automakers. Volkswagen, just south of me in Chattanooga, uh, is building a battery plant. Even GM, and you know I've been ripping on GM lately is building a $1.2 billion facility in Ohio, despite the fact that they can't figure out which side of the fence they want to be on. The Act also changes building codes to encourage installation of infrastructure. And this is on both the residential and commercial side, so that you can charge at home and at work. But this word encourage, what does that mean? It's... uh, It either means that there's a mandate or it has no weight, unless it gets incentivized. And we will get into incentives in a little bit. It restructures a program that's been in existence since 2007 or 2008, which is the Advanced Technology Vehicle Manufacturing Incentives Program, which this provides grants and loans to manufacturers. Like I said, it uh, I think it was enacted in 2008 as part of the Energy Independence Act of 2007, And if you remember at that time, we were looking at the housing bubble burst in America, Um, a lot of subprime lending going on, and we were at uh, $4 a gallon gasoline. Now, this program did provide Tesla with uh, $465 million as a loan in 2010, which was critical at a time in their their growth um, it actually allowed tesla to become what they are today also the act that's proposed by miss dingle requires states to consider incentives for adoption and infrastructure again what does consider mean i could very well see the state of kentucky saying eh, we considered it not going to do anything but we considered it The act has a $28 billion price tag, billion with a B, over 14 years. And me personally, I think it should go mostly towards infrastructure 
because, as I've mentioned before, the government does pretty well with infrastructure. I'm not sure the best direction to go with this. And I see several scenarios. First of all, it could be government-ran, like the National Park System. It could be some incentivized state ownership, or the government could create a quasi-governmental entity like the United States Postal Service, or they can incentivize private ownership and development of this infrastructure. To be honest with you, none of these seem highly effective to me, and they all have their drawbacks. If you do it like a park, well, they're subject to government shutdowns, and at that point they become a bargaining chip when the powers that be in Congress and the Senate decide that they just want to argue. Government involvement at any level just becomes bureaucratic, and when it gets bureaucratic, it gets costly. Private grants and loans are subject to abuse. Um, back when gasoline cars were on the, um, on the way in fashion back in the early 1900s, I don't recall any gas stations being provided grants or loans. Of course, I wasn't there then, and I'm sure that private banks and individuals were loaning money to, for people to start gas stations. I'm sure big oil... In fact, I know Big Oil was setting up their own network of gas stations. Um, loans are subject for default. And you know you have to put up some system of checks and balances to watch over this. When you do that, you've got to figure out a way how to fund that checks and balances. You've just created a job for a person, and that person has to be paid. Now, I say incentives. And if you look at it realistically, incentives are basically bribes. I mean, here's money for doing something that you may or may not want to do, but we want you to do it, so so go ahead and do it, and we'll give you this as a reward. Which, that's basically what the tax credit is. And I'm okay with that, because it is promoting change in a direction that we need to change. But, let's be honest... I'm, I'm good with that. And if we have to provide incentives, you know, let's go ahead. Let's bribe the right people and start to getting this infrastructure and these EVs in the right places. Now, I haven't read the bill. It is 16 pages. And like I said, I will link that in the show notes. All right. I've got more on this because we're going to come back to the AAA survey we're going to come back to that in the next episode. I think I'm getting a little long here. I still have got a lot to say about this. So, just remember to subscribe so that you can stay up to date with what I'm doing. You can also find me on social media at EV Diaries. You can email me, ben at evdiaries.com. Just remember, the EV revolution is here. And even though it might take some... Uh, some incentives to get us going, it's going to be a fun ride.